And welcome to Emma's podcast. Um, today, I'm having somebody I'm absolutely curious to know. First of all, you're an author, but also you have done radio talk show. You have had uh, holistic businesses. So welcome, Kate Olson. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's uh, good to be here, Emma. I look forward to talking with you. Good. So you had different businesses when you started. So what made you start your business to start with? Um, were you in a corporate first or you yes, decided? I, I spent the majority of my career at, in sales and marketing, uh, both working in the corporate world and having several other different businesses myself. Uh, but the last part of my career was in sales and marketing, and I really enjoyed that, but I didn't, I never felt like it was really what I was supposed to be doing. So in around 2013, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I you know, I, there were several different things that I thought, oh, maybe this, maybe that. But uh, years, years and years before I had gone to school for psychology and actually started grad school for counseling. And uh, over the course of my career, I had always done some things related to that. Like I did workshops for personal development and so I, I had an interest in that, and I always liked helping people. And life coaching had become a thing by then. And I checked into how that was different from counseling. Mm -hmm. And I decided I liked the approach better than counseling. So I decided I was going to get certified as a life coach. And I ended up going to Sedona, Arizona. And I wasn't expecting to get trained for uh, hypnotherapy and NLP and Reiki, but they happened to do that as part of the certification. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll learn that stuff. Maybe I won't ever use it, but, you know, I'll go ahead and, and learn that. And so that's basically how I got started. I was trying to find my own life purpose and um, I ended up wanting to help other people find their life purpose. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, when you got certified, what did you do afterwards? Did you just decided to open your business? Did you? Yes, I went, uh, actually while I was in Sedona, um, I kept hearing reports from up in Washington that they were that year, they were seeing these magnificent, uh, visions of the Northern lights and, 
I felt like it was a sign. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I first named my business Northern Lights Life Coaching. And uh, yeah, I tell the story of that on on my website. Eventually, I changed the name to Soulfire Wisdom. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was because of the mythical story behind the Northern Lights that I actually came up with the name Soulfire Wisdom after a couple of years because I felt like um, there was a sort of magic to those uh, Northern Lights and the feeling that people had about them Mm -hmm. that sort of uh, brought out that, that inner wisdom that people have, that soul knowledge. So that's wonderful. So you did your uh, hypnosis and you're doing your business. So it was only local or did you do it nationally? How do you use your Well, initially involved? it was just local. And uh, I, at the same time, when I started the, the coaching business, I also started another business, which was... Um, Saltworks pods for um, salt therapy or what they call halo therapy. Mm-hmm. And this was because just before going to that uh, certification class in Sedona, I had been trying to solve my lifelong allergies, which had gotten very severe and nothing really worked. I, I kept, uh, getting sinus infections every year from the allergies. And I decided to try salt therapy at a salt room. And it worked for me, it cleared up my allergies. And so I was kind of vacillating before I started my business on whether to start the the coaching business or to do a Uh, salt therapy business. And I really wanted to do both, but didn't really have the financial resources to do it. But then I heard about these little individual pods where um, one person could just sit in the pod for 15 minutes and get the same benefit as somebody sitting in a a salt room for 30 to 40 minutes. And so I decided that I would buy a couple of those pods Mm -hmm. and then try to do a cooperative business with someone who had a physical location. And I tried that for a while, but uh, found that they needed more oversight than I wanted to commit to since by then I uh, was really involved in and enjoying my coaching business. So um, eventually I sold off one of the, the salt pods and I actually um, still have one that's up in Washington that is 
for sale to somebody with a physical location up there because I didn't move it down to Arizona. So for people, if you're interested, you can contact uh, Kate and I will provide you information at the end of the podcast and into the description as well in case somebody is interested. You never know. So and then you, you asked uh, whether it was uh, the pandemic which started me doing more, more than local. You know, it started yes. where you could work with anybody anywhere. I think we all are doing it, which is a good thing in one way, because I feel we learn to expand and to be able to reach out more people. Local is great because you can do it face to face. But I feel that with technology we've got right now, it's we can reach more people that need our help. So I found it wonderful. Now, can you talk a little bit about, because you're a radio podcast host, about uh, Soul Fire Wisdom? Uh, yes. So- I actually started that podcast uh, again as kind of a self-therapy. I had a horrible fear of speaking. And when I started my, this had been from years and years prior to me going into coaching. And when I started my coaching business, I thought, well, this is just not something I have to do. You know, it's, it's fine because I can do my business without doing public speaking, which a lot of other people did do. But I kept getting invitations to come and speak. And I could say no most of the time. But I got invited to come and be part of the personal development symposium um, at Harvard uh, Faculty Club. Mm -hmm. And it was an opportunity I just couldn't say no to. I thought I would regret it if I did. And so I went and I did end up uh, speaking. And I, I got through it. I didn't freeze or anything. Good. But I didn't feel like I had done what I would have liked to have done. Mm. So I committed to myself that I was going to get over that fear, especially since, you know, as a coach, I was coaching and encouraging other people mm-hmm. to get over their fears. So, um, I took some speaking courses and um, then I had also around the same time, I had gotten an email that said, have you ever thought of doing a podcast? And I never had, or a radio show, actually. It was from um, Cameron Steele at CTR Network. And I left that in my email for a really long time until I mentioned it to a friend and she was somebody who really wanted to be a public speaker. And she said, Oh my gosh, we're doing this. (laughs) Eventually when we, when I started out, I was doing the podcast uh, with another person, um, Michelle Hoffman and the show was called, um, Embrace Change with Kate and Michelle. And that was on CTR Network. 
eventually um, I started doing that show on my own. And then after I ended that, I started the Soul Fire Wisdom podcast. And it had a little bit different uh, slant than the first show. The first show was about embracing change. And people started saying, okay, we, we, we get this. We are embracing change. Now what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I said, well, now you pursue your passions. Mm. So Soul Fire Wisdom is about pursuing your passions and the wisdom gained. Well, that's wonderful. How interesting to, um, to be able to have that opportunity that was given to you to just hosting a show, being part of a show, or just starting it. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it, it was a whole different experience than doing the radio show because for the radio show, I had a producer who laid out everything and, you know, there was a structure. And then for the podcast, I had to do all that on my own and learn stuff that I had never done before. So, <laughs> Well, I started with my podcast and I had to learn on my own as well. Uh, yeah, there's a I lot to... more to it than people think, you know, they yes. think just. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and at the beginning, I must say with me, I learned it as I went along because the first mistake I made, and thanks to the universe in one way, was I used to the first few episodes at the beginning, when I did not know what to say afterwards, I will stop the recording, which is a mistake. I say, continue to run the recording, then you can listen afterward and cut the blanks. But I never done that at the beginning. And it came afterwards because like you, I did not have any formal trainings. So if you have a producer, like you said, having a producer, somebody who's laying out everything, you just have to speak on a microphone and you're fine. You don't know the behind the scenes. Yeah, because I had had that fear of speaking when I first did the first radio show, it was very structured and I very scripted. And when I listen back on it, I I hear that and I kind of cringe. And so for the second show, part of it was learning how to not do that, how to not have a script, how to just have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, I never had a structure, so I'm fine. I don't, I, I never failed, even when I started to do collaboration and conversation like we're having right now, I will look at the profile very briefly and I will go with the conversation because like you said, you can hear it if it's two structures and it becomes more um, an interview than a conversation. And people who are listening, I feel that they're not connecting as much or as well. Yeah, I, I think that's true. <clears throat> but that's my personal thought on that. And so that's why I like to go with the flow. I like to use the word going with the flow. So um, in your journey doing this, what have you learned from yourself in how much of a challenge do you still feel have of fear of public speaking? Hmm. Well, doing things like this, I'm perfectly okay with. I don't get nervous. Um, and I'm hoping 
I haven't actually gotten up on a stage, live stage, since before the pandemic, since 2018, actually. So I'm, you know, hoping that that fear is really disappointed, dissipated there too, but that's still uh, something that I have to test. Yes, and that's, this is what I love because that keeps us grounded. Um, even doing podcasts, uh, because I'm used to do it by myself, actually. And um, even on when we're doing a conversation, it always uh, reminds me it reminds me how to stay centered and humbled as well. Because you know we never know what a conversation is going to take us, but it's very interesting on how do we connect. And that's what I love when we do conversation and collaboration on podcast. Um, in your podcast, do you have a guest coming into your podcast or how is it structured? How do you? Yeah, my, my podcasts were, I was always interviewing a guest. Um, I think there were only a couple podcasts that I did totally alone without a guest. And I actually found it harder to do the podcast without the guest. <laughs> so, cause I like that energy of. Um, talking to someone it's I will say it's challenging because I started by myself so I first. <laughs> yeah I you think it's it what, you're, what you're used to so. <laughs> yes well you know you had to start somewhere um, when I started my podcast compared to you was it was part of the list and I needed to do that was my to-do list like I call it my groceries list so when it came the time to do it, I'm like, okay, universe, what am I supposed to talk about? And I fortunately wrote a blog. So I used the blog first, and then I would just go and having a conversation. But it's intimidating, I feel, than when you're doing it by yourself. But I found it rewarding at the end of the day, because I feel that if you're capable to do it on your own and have a conversation with yourself on the front of a microphone, you're good. Yes. That was how the first one that I did on my own was actually because the guests didn't show up. And so I had this, it was on the uh, radio show. And so I had this time that I needed to fill talking basically to myself when I had expected to talk to a guest. And so that was that was a quick learning experience. Yes, yours wasn't planned. It was an unplanned situation, which makes it even more challenging at, at the level that, okay, let's go with the show. Yeah. So were you able to pick up a quick topics at that moment? Or how well, did you I had a topic and that was a good good thing. And it was it was a little bit of a hard topic. So we were talking about, we were supposed to be talking about um, suicide. And uh, I had a, a guest that that was their expert field. And so I had to talk from my knowledge of that. And uh, then a couple of weeks later, I had the actual guest on, but uh, he had had some problems and couldn't get on. But yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it was a little challenging. 
<laughs> well, but you know what? It's you you did it very well. So at the end of the day, you, you were able to pick it up and really embrace the challenge and go with the flow, which probably was even more impactful, uh, especially when, like you said, you, ta you talked about a very uh, difficult uh, topic, a subject, but it was maybe something that needed you needed to share with the audience as well, that needed to be heard before you could do it with the actual guest that was scheduled. So I think it's I don't know, maybe you listen to it back. It's maybe, I don't know, there's something there that maybe- Well, there, there. I did notice that there was a difference in the podcast. And so um, depending on who was listening, it probably connected with different people because it was me just <clears throat> telling my, my feelings instead of somebody who ha had studied in the field. Yes, you spoke uh, from your experience. So that is wonderful. Um, so you continue to do this podcast. Uh, how often? So actually, I ended the official podcast in October of uh, 2021. Okay. And then I've done special broadcasts since then. Like I, I've done some panels and I did nine different podcasts for my book launch. That's so. what we're going to be talking. So let's talk about the book. Um, so you were, uh, you lived in Washington state mm -hmm. and you moved to Arizona. Yes. What made you change to make the change? What was the, the trigger for you to do to move back south? Well, I I love Washington. I've been mostly a Washington native my whole life. It's beautiful. But uh, the long, rainy winters were yeah. getting a little... Uh, hard to take and we had had a lot more snow in the winter for several years mm -hmm. so I wanted to move to a warmer client uh, climate and also the cost of living in Washington kept getting higher and higher and so I was researching places that were both warmer and less expensive yes and so I, I sold my house and ended up moving to Arizona in 2020, actually just after the start of the pandemic. So that was an interesting experience. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that, especially in 2020, where it was just, yes, the, the, yeah. the part of it. Because uh, 2019, we had no clue or barely understanding what was going on. 2020 was we were going in and oh boy. So yeah, that was right before the pandemic mm -hmm. is when I put my house on the market. And so. <laughs> <laughs> so you're moving to Arizona. When did you start to write the book or when is the idea to write the book came Okay, well, I always was planning on, on writing a book on resilience. I had actually um, wanted, always wanted to be a writer. I had started out college as an English major and was planning to be a writer. 
actually my first quarter of college, my advisor said to me, he said, all of the English professors here wanted to be writers and we are all teachers. So what makes you think you can be a writer? Oh my goodness, that's a hard one. Yeah, and Ooh. oh, I... It's brutal. It was very discouraging to me. Well, yeah, <laughs> and you're an person. I was Ooh. taking an interesting psychology course at the time, and I ended up switching my major. And, you know, graduating in psychology. But I always did, you know, still keep writing. And okay. I used my writing in the different jobs that I had had. I did some technical writing and some marketing writing and even, you know, submitted different things that at times and uh, did a few articles. But, you know, I, I wasn't a writer. But I always thought that I could be. <laughs> so, so, um, so I had this idea that I would write a book on resilience, but I had some other ideas and I wasn't planning on it being my first book. But when the pandemic hit and then moving to Arizona and in Arizona, you see these examples of resilience all around you. Uh, they're, they're everywhere, but I think they just really stand out in the desert. And it was kind of like a big billboard to me saying, write the book now. And so that's, that's what motivated me to start writing the book. And it took me um, a little over a year to finish it. And I had um, 10 actually contributors to the book who also told their resilient stories. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. It's a labor of love and it was a good and great, the perfect opportunity for you to write your first book. But to me, you still had that passion because it seems like that even though that individual was pretty much discouraging, letting you know that saying this, it's like most people, I'm assuming most people said, okay, I will never be a writer, but I'm glad you never thought that way because that would have been very sad. But you kept writing indirectly because like you said, you did it when you were doing some marketing, you used it at... Um, in a different way, but you were still writing. So for me, I love that the resilience was you never give up. You still did it indirectly, even though you maybe did not consider, consider that writing, but it is. Uh, you did articles as well. So that's wonderful. Uh, is the book released already? I believe it yes, is. Yes, it was released in January of this year. Okay. And Where can we find the book? It's, it's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and also on my own websites. Uh, the book is called Living in Joyful Resilience, a Roadmap for Navigating Life's Ups and Downs. And uh, the book website is joyfulkate.com. 
and they on that uh, website, there's links to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and then you can also purchase it directly from me. And along with the book, I published a journal and uh, the journal is actually a tool that helps you um, get into the joyful resilience mindset. And it's called um, Soul Thoughts, Collecting Moments of Joy. And uh, you can find that at the same joyfulkate.com. And I called it joyfulkate.com because uh, when you put my name, Kate Olson, into Google, you get that other um, Kate Olson. She's not actually a Kate Olson. She's Ashley Kate. Yes, the sister, the twin. Yeah, and her last name <laughs> even spelled different, but you know yeah. she has such a strong presence that yes. um, that's who comes up. <laughs> so oh my it's like, but we want the book. We do not want the twins. Is the twins <laughs> want the book? No. <laughs> and they've actually written books too. So if you put Cato's in book, you still get it. Get oh that. my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So um, why did you stop uh, your podcast? Um, well, because uh, I was writing the book and that was taking up so much of my time. And as you know, actually doing podcasts uh, is, there's quite a lot more work to it um, than, than it might seem. And it takes yep. a lot of time. So I just felt like I, I had done either a radio show or a podcast for four years. And I felt like I needed to move on to other things that I wanted to do and clear some time and space to do them. So what is next after this beautiful book? Because I'm going to go and check it out too, because now I'm curious more about the book too, about their joy and resilience, um, what you wrote, especially when you said you got um, another tool uh, tool to use with the book. So I think it's wonderful. So it will help people to really um, do and follow what you are actually uh, you wrote uh, as a map for people to use it, which is wonderful. Um, what are you gonna What are you gonna do next? Okay, well, um, <clears throat> I do have some other books that I want to write, um, and then I'm also working on some online courses and uh, retreats. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so you don't have any training yet set up. So you're going to be creating modules for people? Well, I, I was doing training classes, in-person training classes before the pandemic. And I still will do some of those as we get further out of the pandemic. Um, but I want to also set up some online classes which which I don't have yet would it be possible if you do a live training with people because I'm thinking about uh, Sonia Choquette, Colette Baron-Reed 
Um, and they do that as an initial kit because I, I remember that um, some of her uh, training, she basically did it with an audience, but put it into modules, which were great actually, because I uh, studied under, under her as well. And the first, and I did the first few I did were online. Then I went directly to Chicago, flew and spent uh, four days with her a couple of times um, to do her classes. Are you planning on doing something like that? I, I might do something like that, yeah. But as I haven't done any uh, courses since before the pandemic, and I never recorded them, so... Okay. It would and, have to be a new, new one. Well, yeah, this is what I'm thinking. And also, is it possible that you might be doing a virtual one as well? Yes. Yes. That's definitely a, a possibility. Oh, um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to assess whether yeah. people are wanting that or they're just like tired of that. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I know they're tired of, um, you know, some of the virtual, you know, like conferences and summits. They actually want to, you know, like connect with people in person. But well, it, it, it's, I will say it depends. And I'm going to use uh, Khaled Baron Reed for that because she got her Oracle Palooza. This time it's in September. So I'm still going to do those three days because this is awesome. It's like people from all around the globe when we spent um, three days together, which is great. It's virtual, which is nice to be honest with you. I'm like, good, because I don't have to travel. I don't have the expenses for everything. It's awesome. But she yeah. still does uh, once a while. We'll do um, uh, one where she's live in with public or limited um, people, and especially Arizona because Sedona over there is a very good uh, place when it's energy wise. Yeah, uh, and she has one in the fall. Uh, I have to go to Sedona with to go over there for for her or not. It doesn't matter. But uh, it's a beautiful place. Are you close to Sedona? I'm about four hours from Sedona, but yeah, you're right. It is a beautiful place. I kind of fell in love with Sedona when I did my training there. As, at the time, I wasn't planning on moving to Arizona. I actually said I could never live in Arizona, but you know, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, and I feel the energy over there is very special too. I do not know why, but everybody's yeah, saying that. I, I thought too, you know, I thought that was all a myth about the energy and the vortexes, but I definitely felt it. Yes, and that's what it's so wonderful. So through all of the years, uh, you, you know, doing your own business. Okay. Is your parents, I need to go back to your parents for a minute. Were they entrepreneurs or not? Because you got the bug of entrepreneurship, like you said to me earlier. Okay. Um, my father was a bit of an entrepreneur. He actually, he was a tool and cutter grinder and he worked for a big company, worked for Boeing, but he also started a tool cutter cutting a business in our garage when I was a kid 
and uh, eventually had to uh, close that because Boeing decided it was a conflict of interest. But he had his father had been a barber, and so he did have that desire for entrepreneurship. But it was actually my ex-husband who inspired it in me. He, from the moment I met him, knew that he wanted to have his own businesses. And he had he was a big dreamer, like he would dream about doing this or that or have ideas. And but he wasn't he a big risk taker. He was a I'd like to do this, but maybe there's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't or couldn't. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm more of a, you know, take the leap type of person. And so I actually encourage that we um, try some of the ideas that he had. And so we had a couple of small businesses while we were married. And uh, I learned from that that I had, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit, which I hadn't known before. And, uh, you know, he ended up working for a company for 35 years. And I ended up having several businesses. But this is what I love. It's like the evolution when you started it to where you are today. It's a great story because uh, when we talk earlier offline, um, I mentioned to you, I said there is some people who will have one business and they all of their life and you will have people who have several businesses. It all depends, you know, uh, how the maturity, the growth, the evolution you're doing uh, makes a difference on those businesses. So it may be for some people who say, oh, that person has ADHD because, good Lord, they just cannot keep one business. It's not that. It's how your maturity is and your growth, I believe. If you feel, like you said to me, uh, uh, just for the podcast, well, you felt that you needed to do something else. So you stopped the podcast for the reason that you needed to move to the next level. Right. And one <clears throat> thing that I have learned, an overwhelming truth, I guess, if I could offer one is some entrepreneurship is hard. It's not, it's not easy to start businesses and run them. Um, Some people will get discouraged if something fails and they will never do it again. (laughs) I mean, that it will be And it is crushing when something that you put your heart into fails. But if you can get past it and learn from that failure, um, you can go on from a failure to succeed. And this is part of, you know, what I write about in my book, too, part of resilience. You know, taking um, something that doesn't work and turning it into something new or better or a learning experience that gives you knowledge that allows you to create something better. 
And I agree with you because we're always being tested. That's one thing. The universe never gave us roses and bonbons and say, hey, go for it. It's wonderful. You got a great idea. Now you want that idea. You want that business. So we're going to challenge you with things that you need. I always said when you're moving to something new, it's like having your old house and having a brand new house. It's like, are you going to take the garbage from your old house and put it into the new house? Or are you only going to bring what is essential? And when we're going into, let's say, like you said, you started your own business, then there are going to be things that's going to be let go. And there is other things that we're going to really be determined because we're being tested. Do we, how... And I talked to somebody yesterday about it, actually, to David Smart. Uh, how hungry are you? That's the, the deal. It's do you believe in yourself and how much do you wanted it? Do you want it that yeah. bad? Then you're going to go through um, through mountains to just go and do it. Or at the first sign, like you said, at the first sign of trouble, are you just going to retreat and run back and say, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm done. Yeah, you have to learn to, you know, have thick skin and really support yourself. Yes, and really believe in yourself. I, I, um, I don't know uh, what were your biggest challenges during all of that time for you, but it feels like you got the resilience, you really got the drive, the fire within you to just say, okay, let's go and do it. It feels yeah. like you, it feels like you never gave up, but you probably stepped back and just said, "Okay, let's see which door open, which one is not open. Let's figure it out." So, what was for you on all of the years that you have done, all of the businesses you have opened and moved on to different experience? What has been the one of the biggest challenge or something that really um, make you grow or gain some growth at the end of the day. But what was the biggest one if you have a biggest challenge that happened to you? Well, I, I think the biggest challenge was failure and learning to get past it because um, the businesses that my ex-husband and I had, the first one was a lucky success, I will say, because we went against the odds and we succeeded. Um, we had almost no money and, uh, things just fell into place and it worked. The second one, we were overconfident and because we had had such easy success the first time we expected that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, we actually opened a restaurant, which was one of the hardest businesses yeah. To open, we opened an ice cream parlor restaurant gift shop, and uh, we didn't have the, we had a good idea and we put it together well, but we didn't have enough operating capital. And that was really what killed us. Um, we were expecting to be able to overcome the odds yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't uh we just ran out of money basically and we had to uh you know <clears throat> just close and uh you know it, it was very hard because 
you know, it, it's almost like creating a child. It's your yes. idea and it grows. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it was devastating, really. But getting past that and trying again and learning, I mean, taking what you learned, mm-hmm. I, I think was both the biggest challenge and the biggest reward. Absolutely. And it, it teaches us so much. It just brought up also, it's like peeling the onions to see the skill set and being able to adapt and really learn to regroup and see when things start to do not go the way it's supposed to go. Being able to really step back and reassess very quickly to see where you need to be. But again, uh, that's why I love to do those um, session of business breakthrough is for others, entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs or people who wants to do a business, understanding that we all have a different story to share, but it comes down to the same thing, being resilient, determined, and really feel it. If it's right in, a, in your core, then you just do it. But going into the unknown with no bearings, nothing, and have faith, that is the scariest things ever we can do. Definitely. And that's what is so wonderful is to hear your story and see how much diversity, diversified you, you became, which is amazing. People will say, well, she has ADHD. No, she doesn't. Listen to the story very closely. It's an evolution. It's like, okay, you created multiple companies, but they all brought you where you are today. And I'm pretty much sure those, um, that journey, you were able to, when you wrote the book, use your experience. And to me, it's a gift because you created a book that is not only for reading it and like, oh, this is good. It's a tool for people to use it, which yeah. to me is a big difference. This is what I love is you utilize your, you utilize what you had and turn it into a training for people. So if we are applying what you get in your book, that will help all of us. Yes. And I think... Um both life and, you know, business, uh, they, they use the same skills, really. So, and to me, that's what is wonderful, because the book is a key. So for people who are interested, and I hope uh, I'm going to go check it, I'm going to go buy it. So that's not even an issue for me. I'm going to go after what I'm talking, actually, I'm going to go on Amazon and, uh, Make sure I'm not going to get the twins on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we have to. (laughs) Well, I'm sure they have some very interesting things to say as well. (laughs) I'm sure they do. But that's probably not the one book that I want to read. But I love the fact that you took what you have learned and everything you've got and put into something that you can use as a tool. And to me, it is worth to read because it's nice to read stories. It's nice to read uh, everything you want to read. But if there is a tool and how to improve or get things even better, why not learn those tools? And for me, for you to share this is amazing because 
people need it. And it's a good resource. It's a good resource. And like you said, you can use it for your personal life or your business life. It's for everything. Yes. And it's not just for while you're going through difficult times, uh, because resilience is something we can build our whole life. So if you learn how to build those traits, it's going to serve you in the future. Absolutely. And for anything. So you don't have to be, again, the book is not about entrepreneurship. It's about ourselves, and it's for our own growth first. Right. So whatever, whatever is being utilized, those skill sets are being utilized. Like you said, it can be utilized in your personal life or you want to start a business, then use those skill sets. But those are essential skill sets for, for us to be able to function in a way that we can handle any challenges. It doesn't mean we're all going to face bad weather every single day, but through thick and hard time and good time as well, continue to nurture those skill set. A lot of people, I believe when we talk about skill set or master our own skills, a lot of people say, well, I mastered it, so I'm done. No, we're never done. No, it, and definitely with resilience, that is not the case. It, resilience isn't just one thing. It's it's many traits put together. And you you don't need them all to be resilient, but the more of them you have, and the stronger they are, the more resilient you're gonna there you're going to be. And it's not just that you are resilient, but that res- how resilience comes to you, whether it's hard and or whether you, there's an ease to it. Absolutely. But I love the fact that you created a tool that's going to help people and i am pretty much sure like you said you got a you wrote something on the side as well as a toolkit for people to utilize as well which is great because sometimes when people write books like that it's a little too heavy <laughs> and people don't know how to use it that you know you can get lost but it looks like what you did has been great because it's really for everybody to be able to read digest the information and start to use it in their daily lives. Yes, yes, definitely. So that's wonderful. So when do you think you're going to get your second book? Because you said you were thinking about continuing to write. So I'm just curious to know if you started to write another book or you- No, I haven't started yet. I do have um, the ideas that are already there. I actually want to write a children's book series. And I have had the idea for that for a long time. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be my next endeavor or if it's going to be another self-help book because I have there's a couple of ideas that I have in that area as well. So that's I'm, wonderful. I I'm think just you- waiting for that, mm-hmm. you know. One thing that I've been talking about uh, children is, um, and I think maybe I'm just throwing this in the air. It's up to you to grab it or not. But um, I said, and I will continue to say that we need more training for children in leadership school about leadership, entrepreneurship, 
Uh, and I'm talking at a young age. I'm not talking at 12 or yeah, 12 or 13. I'm talking five, six years old, because I believe uh, the lack of it is more and more obvious because a lot of uh, people, when you're looking at them, have a lot of skills. They don't even know how to use it. So for me, is the book you wrote about resilience, would it be able to turn it to a children's book somehow, somewhere? Um, well, the idea that I have for the children's book series, I want to incorporate um, NLP into that series where, um, where some of those ideas can be brought out in a story yes. form. Yes. I, so, believe, I believe that would be a great impact. And I, I, I truly believe that. I was talking with uh, Judy uh, two days ago when I did a podcast with her and she mentioned to me, uh, there's only one private school and that's the first time I'm hearing it, that do leadership. And I said, I would, I would love to have children, not in private school only, or exclusive or one private school that I know now who do leadership. I said, this should be public and private school that should be teaching this. So for me, resilience and what you're doing as well should be taught at a younger age because it will make better children, better adults, better world. It will make a yes, huge difference. Definitely. And what we're seeing in the world now just definitely screams that. I think so, too. I think we need more writers like you who wants to do something for the children and being able to communicate something that will make an impact in their lives. And to me, it's what we need at this point in our lives right now, because they don't have that skill set and they need that skill set. They need to know that we believe in them because not everybody um, are being taught or told, I believe in you. Right. And that makes a huge difference in children. So I hope the next book you're going to write will be for the children. If not, then it will come soon afterwards. <laughs> That's what my wish is right now. But I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time today to be with me. I am so delighted to have an opportunity to speak with you, to know your journey, which is an incredible journey. And for your book uh, that is available on Amazon, um, I forgot the others. Jo Joyfulkate.com. Yes. And Barnes with and links Noble. to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. And uh, it's if also people, on my soulfirewisdom.com website. If people want to connect with you directly, how can they reach out to you directly to, through your website? Yeah, they can go through my website or um, they can call me at 520-225-9673. Fabulous. And I'm really looking forward to uh, know more what you're going to do next. And when you release your next book, I will be more than uh, uh, happy to have you on my podcast so we can talk about your next book. Or your next adventure. Okay. That sounds oh, yes. good. I'm glad we, we've got to do this. Oh, I, I am very honored that you had taken the time. I know you're an extremely busy person, but I'm very, very happy you were able to uh, 
to do that with me today. And I know the uh, audience will be amazed to hear your story and really check out your new book. That to me, I'm going to go buy it. So we're good with that. Uh, after we're done talking, I'm going to go on Amazon and do that because I really want to learn more. And you know what? I love the fact that even though it doesn't matter how old you are, it's always, we're always a student of life. And for me to have individuals like you who are writing books and giving more uh, insight on resilience, on anything we need that can help us to live a better life, I'm all for it. That's what I love. Great. Well, keep doing your, your podcast and supporting entrepreneurs and business. Oh, it's my pleasure. And this is what I do. And uh, for me, it's amazing to... Uh, for my audience to hear your voice, to hear your story, because I do know people are going to be impacted with it. And the insight you share today, somebody is going to get something out of it uh, around the world, because my podcast goes around the world. And I know it's somebody in this world is going to be changed. At least one person, I would say more than one, but going to be changed because of what you share today as a story so for me it's amazing so it's rewarding for me to do that thank you so much yes thank you 